<laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Best of All Possible Podcast. I am your host, Robert Weathers, and as you've heard me say many times, we here in Williamsburg, Virginia at Panglossian Productions have a love for the weird. We love the unproduced and underproduced, and of course, we love 10-minute plays. And over the course of our time here in Williamsburg, we have had so many 10-minute plays submitted to us for consideration for production, we cannot possibly ever produce them all. And so we are going to bring you one on this podcast every week. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, and we're going to bring you a new one right now. But before we do that, I, I shouldn't say right now, I guess, uh, I'm going to introduce to you our special guest for today, and that is none other than James Jim Dwyer. Hey, Jim. No one has ever called me that. No one's ever called you James? Uh, or James yeah. Jim? Special, so I'm wondering, oh, you know, just how am I just over the threshold, or like really special compared to your other guests? Or really, what happened, Jim, is you happen to sit into the yeah. seat that's immediately to my right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Jim, what I'm going to do here now is I'm going to ask you something that I guess I haven't asked you before. If you haven't been in the special seat, <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question that's tangentially related to the play that we're about to read. So, my question for you is. Jim, have you ever encountered a poisonous creature? I don't know that I have, because I don't know the poisonous from the knot. I just treat them all as poisonous and run. <laughs> stay, stay away. <laughs> Damn cats. Poison <laughs> cats. <laughs> Poison frogs. Yeah, I, I, know, I, I, know, I remember when I, was, uh, when I was young, I was in the Boy Scouts, and I was at our campsite one day, and all of a sudden somebody came over with this mighty butane lighter, the sort that you use to light big cigars, you know? And they walked over to a tree, and it was, this was a camp counselor, right? And they just started, like, burning the tree. And I thought, what, the, what in the world are they doing? And we walked over and asked what was going on. They told us, they demanded that we get back away from them because there was a nest of, of black widow spiders Ooh. in the tree. And as you may have heard before, black widows, when they're babies, can't control how much venom they inj inject, so they're particularly dangerous creatures. So uh, that's yeah. my <laughs> that's my encounter with poisonous creatures. Well, poisonous creatures that aren't human beings, but anyways, that's that's another story. Well, anyways, I thought that was funny. <laughs> All right. Complex. <laughs> uh, I'm crying on the inside. Anyway, so uh, welcome, Jim. We're glad to have you here on the show. I'm going to start crying again. Uh, well, today we're going to read a play called Eden Revisited by Chris Minichinko. And to help Jim read the play, we have another actor here with us, uh, returning guest Emily Doherty. Welcome, Emily. Hey, everybody. Emily, you're from Maine. I am. So I, I can only assume that you have encountered a poisonous animal or creature before. Um, actually, Maine is so cold that poisonous things don't like to live there. Mm -hmm. um, oh, man. <laughs> but I did actually have a Black Widow encounter right here in Colonial Williamsburg in Virginia. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. So what happened? Uh, I worked in the brickyard making 18th century bricks one summer. Mm -hmm. And um, we had left up the structure that we'd used to burn the bricks the previous year. And so they had us standing on top and throwing bricks and twos and threes down to a person standing Oh, on top. I see. And uh, next thing you know, Kenneth, who is a fellow summer hire with me, um, a big guy, big football player, starts like dancing and screaming and shouting. Uh -huh. And he picked up a brick and gone to throw it to me, and there was a black widow nest. Uh. Oh, no. And I heard the same story, because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know, uh, like, where I come from, spiders are fine. And so everybody's like, no, we're not going back over uh. there today. <laughs> the next day, we went out, and we kept going. So sure. It was, yeah. 
Yeah. Get, gave gave time for the baby spiders to grow up, learn how to control the venom, get out there in the world. <laughs> it was well, we're glad that you survived that encounter <laughs> and made it here with us today to read Eden Revisited by Chris Minichinko. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you may very well know if you listened to us before, this is a cold read for these actors. They have never seen this play before, and save for the fact that I posted who they were playing on Facebook a little while ago, they didn't even know what characters they would be portraying. So I'm going to tell you just now, uh, Jim, if you would be so kind as to play Brigham, and Emily, if you would be so kind as to play Xenia, I will read the stage directions. And ladies and gentlemen... Eden Revisited by Chris Minichinko. The characters are Brigham Boneby, age 57, and Xenia Giardini, age 19. The place is the front of Brigham Boneby's house. The time is present. Lights up. On his hands and knees, Brigham Boneby cuts weeds with a pair of shears in his front garden. His house is in the background. Suddenly, a snake bites him. He collapses in pain as the snake slithers away. Oh my god! Snake! Snake, my help! Help! I'm a fit by snake! He's gripping his leg as a jogger, a jogger, Xenia Giardini, rushes to his aid. Mister, what's wrong? Snake! Snake, my... She drops to her knees to help him. She's looking him over. Where? The leg! The leg! As Boneby rides on the ground, Xenia roughly pulls up uh, the pant cuff of his leg and searches for the wound. No, not that leg, the other one. No, oh. She rolls down the cuff and rolls up the other one. She spots the puncture marks and performs a poison-sucking operation. Brigham groans and winces. God! Gee! Xenia sucks mightily and spits out the poison several times. Boneby's agony slowly abates. Careful! Don't swallow any. Winded from the operation, Xenia gags and spits a final time. I think I got it all. Oh my god. Where the bee sucks, there suck I. My life. How could it end in a garden? He's too weak to stand. Bombi tries to pull himself up, but he falters. Now take it easy, mister. I'll get you some help. I don't have my cell phone with me. Maybe I could use yours? No, wait. Hold on. Just let me be for a minute. If you've been bitten, you really ought to see a doctor. Damn it. I've lived in that house 20 years. This is the first time I've been attacked. Did you see it? Quite a glimpse. Just a glimpse. What did it look like? Well, it was big and sluggish, kind of grayish, with red mixed in... Sort of red-gray and with black and yellow stripes and a little blue underneath. Oh, dear Lord, that sounds deadly. Deadly? All those colors are clashing like symbols. What are you, an authority on snakes, young lady? No, I, I'm a theater arts major with a minor in music. Whatever you do, don't... Don't burst into song, okay? <laughs> I couldn't be lucky to have a nurse <laughs> jog by. Well, let me get you one. What can a nurse do? But... You've already performed the emergency procedure. I need to get my strength back. If I can... He tries to get up, but is unable. He puts pressure uh, on the bitten leg. Uh, mister, oh. take your time. There's no rush. I'll stay with you. 
You will, huh? Interrupting your career? Isn't there a stage somewhere you need to emote on? No, rehearsal doesn't start till four today. So I have time, mister. Plenty of time. Uh, well then, stop calling me mister. I have a name, see? It's uh, Boneby. Bring him Boneby. That's my house over there. Pleased to meet you. My name is Xenia. Xenia Giardini. My mother lives just down the street, but I'm staying on campus this semester. It's good that you should visit your mother. Well, nowadays I don't get too many chances. See, in addition to school, I have a job. It's just so hard to cram everything in. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> Not enough hours in the day. Plenty of time, though, to be attacked by a garden monster. I don't see it anywhere. Probably looking for fresh game. He's sitting up with difficulty. Listen, miss. Xenia. Xenia. Pardon me for being crotchety, but no, I appreciate your help. You did a brave thing just now. Well, I... Uh, I'd, like, I'd like to make it up to you. With the reward, I mean. Oh, it's not necessary, Mr. Boneby. In school, they teach us to give of ourselves, body and soul, to our art. Well, I can understand that. But art is art. Sucking poison out of a man's leg, that's no art. But it does involve a sort of communion, doesn't it? From one person to another. Communion? Of course. I've taken something harmful to the life force, assumed it into my person, and expelled it. Well, we do the same in theater. Oh, I'm not crippled by this. Maybe there's nerve damage. I guess you could say that today. I'm an agent of healing. And I didn't know this was coming. I had to improvise. Lucky for you, I got an A in improvisation. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Xenia. I'm not sure that I follow you, and... I'm in quite a lot of pain at the moment, so... It's the whole idea of catharsis. You see, Mr. Boneby? Yeah, that's just what I was thinking. <laughs> now, if the poison from the snake hadn't been removed, you might have died. And still might. Don't get your hopes up. Your body had been infected, which opened a moral question for me. Should I jog by indifferently, or should I take your suffering upon myself? The way Jesus did at... Gethsemane. Gethsemane. And purify it the way Electra did at the Temple of Zeus. Look, I don't know anything about any temple. And I'm too old to be purified. Jesus was a heavy hitter, you know? I wouldn't make that comparison as flagrantly as that, as flippantly as that. But you can't deny there was a pugitation just now. I cleansed your body by sucking out the poison. And at the same time, I cleansed my own spirit by performing a selfless act. Oh, then if there was something in it for you, I guess you don't need my reward, do you? No, not really. Then I'll keep it. But you're a strange character, kiddo. When you talk, it sounds as if you go around sucking things out of people as part of your stage training. Well, we draw performances out of each other. We play off each other in the most organic way possible. The theater is a living organism. So is the snake that bit me. You know... You know, in certain primitive cultures, we'd be married now. Don't worry, I have a wife. 
Well, maybe we should tell her what happened, huh? Can't at the moment. She's away for the week at a strawberry festival. Oh, how charming. Actually, it couldn't be sadder. The reason I'm not with her is that we've grown apart. Apart? We're estranged. You know what that means, don't you? It means we no longer speak the same language. And the malevolent forces of the universe have picked this moment to strike. You mustn't say that, Mr. Bonesy. I've told you, I removed all the poison from your body. It's not the poison I'm talking about. This garden of mine, all the rising and blooming you see around you, is a kind of dark mirror image of the sterility of that house over there. Is it really? Hmm. I've been waiting for something like this to happen. The attack, I mean. I've been too happy in this garden of mine. I tend to it because I can no longer communicate with my wife. I shed tears on this patch of dirt as if I were performing a fertility rite. I nourish the garden with my tears. Oh, Mr. Bonby. I've created my own private Eden, dear girl. And I long for the innocence of youth. But if that's true... God help me, it is. Well then, don't you see? Maybe you were bitten on purpose. Huh? Eden, the garden. The snake has come to drive you from your garden. The snake has... Now, hold on, wait a minute, kid. The snake is a dumb animal. It can't be an emissary of God or anything like that. Oh, no, no, no. It's too perfect. Too absolutely perfect for words. I think you ought to take it easy. Oh, Mr. Bonby, listen. I beg you, please listen to me. You say you're having problems with your wife, right? Well, yeah, but these problems, they're all kind of common, I suppose. Sometimes I belch at night and she nags me to mow the lawn on Sunday afternoon. I don't think that's such a big... Well, no, no. You said you were estranged. And all the forces, malevolent forces, you said, drive you into the garden. It's like a return to the womb, don't you see? The uh, womb? And the snake, uh, the serpent of God, comes to expel you from paradise. It, it's God's way of forcing you back into the world that you've created. Or maybe the slimy thing just crawled out from under a rock somewhere. Hungry! And Eve gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked. Oh, great, she can quote chapter and verse. See, it's the world of men where we belong, Mr. Bonby. You, me, your wife, all of us who walk the earth. You were just saying that you built up this garden as a refuge, a kind of shelter from the sterile married life that made you miserable. Yeah, maybe I did say something like that. And so the snake comes along, and... I can tell this means a lot to you, doesn't it? It does. It... Oh. Ah. Uh. Kid, what's the matter? She swoons. He grabs her to keep her from falling. The, the venom. I must have swallowed some of it. Oh, my God. What... What can I do? The garden... The agony in the garden. No, no, Zenny, you're mixing testaments. The serpent in the garden of Eden. It's gone. The serpent won't bother us anymore. His seed and mine. Yes, 
Yes, there's enmity between his seed and yours, or something like that. So, Mr. Bonby, do you believe me? About what? That it, it came. It, it came to drive you out. Is it really that important to you, kid? If my death is to have any meaning, and now I'm dying. Dying to keep you in the world, a world created by man. All right, I, I believe it, I do. So you'll leave? Yes. Yes, I'll leave the Garden of Eden forever. And you do, and you and you believe. I do. Please, Brigham, tell me. Tell you? Yes. Tell you that I fashioned this garden as a refuge from the misery of my life. Yes. And that, bitten by the snake, I must leave, return to the world that I left behind. Yes. And reconcile with my wife. Yes, that's it, Mr. <laughs> Bonby. That's it. Xenia, dear child, thank you. Thank you for giving my life back to me. It's getting so dark, and I'm so cold. I'll stay with you. You'll... To the bitter end. My death in the Garden of Eden. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Bonby. She slips out of, the arms of, out of his arms and falls dead. He daintily makes the sign of the cross over her body. A major in theater with a minor in music. He gets up and walks into the house. Blackout. <laughs> so I told you we have an affinity for the weird here. And uh, I was not lying when I said that. Uh, so guys, uh, we're going to enter into the part of the show now where we have a brief discussion about the play that we just read. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you about your initial thoughts, your first thoughts about the play that you read. Uh, it can be as simple as I liked it or I didn't, or if anything about it struck your uh, struck a chord with you or you know struck your fancy in any particular way. Whatever thoughts you might have initially from hearing it, reading it for the first time, are welcome here. I'm going to start with our special guest in the special chair, Jim. Uh, well, it's definitely thought-provoking. It uh, draws you in, makes you want to try to interpret what's going on. I think there yeah. might be a metaphor in there. <laughs> so trying to figure out what uh, this allegory is all about. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think as I read it, sitting in, you know, at home on my couch, I was trying to figure out exactly what what the metaphor is and you know, I think allegory is a better is a better term for it what what story is being told here Emily what do you think well I'm glad I'm not the only one thinking that because um, I don't have a huge theological background as mm -hmm. you could see when I was like this is a word I don't know <laughs> um, so I, I think that there's probably things that I'm missing in there but I did think it was um, tongue-in-cheek in some ways you know it was definitely um, I, I don't know. It was it was definitely very cyclical from what they're the conversation they're having mm -hmm. to the the actual show and the action that's happening. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a fascinating play. It definitely took a hard right turn there that I didn't expect. Sure. Yeah, and her character was pretty consistent, uh, kind mm -hmm. of uh, out there uh, type, and it's unclear whether he sort of converted at the end or just playing along to, to pacify her or comfort her in her, her dying moments. Mm -hmm. but I, I think there's a lot that could be done from a second reading of this yeah. with, you know, mm -hmm. with, with all that you know now about how, this, how the play turns out towards the end. In some ways, he kind of sentences her to die because he's so unwilling to go for help. And if he had mm -hmm. gone for help in the very beginning of the show when she'd initially asked him to do, they could have potentially saved her life. 
Okay. Great. This is great because this is leading in all the questions that I want to ask you. So <laughs> my first question Sorry, to Robert. you is that is that is this a religious play? Is this a religious allegory? As uh, you touched on just a moment ago, there, Jim. Well, it's uh, you know obviously she's she's quoting chapter and verse. Um, I'm mm -hmm. not sure that uh, the Eden story translates to this context uh, because. Yeah. Adam and Eve, you know, went to something new, actually, that was worse than what they'd had before, a sure. position of innocence. I, 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 I kind of wonder if maybe this is a reference to Mormonism, the reason being that the lead, or the, the lead male in this is, his name is Brigham, as in Brigham huh? Young, oh. uh, and beyond that, of course, Brigham is expensive. He, he is expelled from, not from the Garden of Eden, but he is expelled from, I think it's upstate New York, right? Which is why he ends up moving out farther west, and eventually they end up out in, uh, well, I guess it's Joseph Smith that's expelled, but Brigham Young takes him out to Salt Lake City, where they eventually settle. So, what, what do you think, uh, Emily? Do you think that this is a religious play? I think that, um, I think that it is, it is definitely allegorical, and mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean it's religious. Sure, sure. Um, I think that, I don't know. I don't have a huge, like I said, I don't have a huge background with um, religion. So it's hard for me to look at this and say, well, clearly this is thus and such. But I do know enough to know that um, it, it's, it's, if this man is being punished for something, it's not for taking something he shouldn't have taken. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't think that the the story of Adam and mm -hmm. Eve really fits the show because he didn't take something. Instead, he's simply kind of um, avoiding what he should his what he should be doing in this girl's eyes. He should be back with his wife, and and his avoidance is what eventually ends up being the death of her, not the fact that he mm -hmm. took a forbidden fruit. And the snake bite does have the um, sort of the role that religion does uh, for many people, just constantly reminding you of death. Mm -hmm. I, I, I grew up Catholic, so maybe that's, that's an obvious. But uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> it's supposed to make you appreciate the, mis guilt. the misery of life on Earth more. You know, to, to tolerate more, to mm -hmm. be constantly reminded it could be worse. You could be exterminated. Or... So it, it, it's, mm -hmm. I'm, I, I know that Emily, you said that. Uh, perhaps the the story of Adam and Eve doesn't really fit this here, but it is the is the suggestion here perhaps that uh, that mankind's natural place is not in paradise, but rather that sin, you know, or uh, the equivalent of sin uh, in the secular world is not is inevitable, and that mankind na naturally finds his place in. I'm, I I did grow up religious, and I I still am, and so I. I naturally say the word sin. So is mankind's natural place in sin? Is mankind naturally imperfect? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it seems like they had both found the places they were happy. This man and his wife were both... She was at her strawberry festival. Mm -hmm. He was in his garden. Mm -hmm. And what happened, but they were brought back to the state of um, kind of turmoil. Sure. Away from their happiness. So... I don't know, maybe this play is saying that, that there's such a thing as too much good. Xenia <laughs> <laughs> well, seems like a pretty pure character. Maybe she's mm -hmm. just an angel um, who's counteracting mm -hmm. the, the serpent. Um, but there's no hint of any uh, complication or, uh, you know, she's just got it all figured out and sure. is immersed in it. Is she even real? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. 
I mean, um, I suppose a, a case could be hallucinating while sure. Yeah, like it did that. Point. Did that really happen? That's my mm-hmm. next question. Was he just literally just bitten by a snake? And because yeah. it seems like this whole conversation could be an internal monologue as mm-hmm. well. That is that is an interesting point. I have and not considered that. She departs as he recovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she sure does, doesn't she? <laughs> Um, I, I, have, I have one more question for you, and this is off the topic that we are currently uh, discussing. It has to do with the last line of the play where Brigham uh, repeats mm. what she says earlier <laughs> on. He says, he says, a major in theater with a minor in music. And I, I have to say that I'm really not sure what he's getting at with this last line, uh, other than to identify her yeah. again. What, do, do you have any thoughts about that last line? A major, and I will say this, uh, it is noted that he says this ruefully, uh, uh, a major in theater with a minor in music, and then he gets up, after he says it, and he gets up and walks into the house. (laughs) Leaves it there. Yeah. It's like another theater major. (laughs) (laughs) One more really dramatic theater major. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you have any thoughts about that line? Any ideas of what they might, uh, what uh, Mr. Minichico might be getting at with that? Hmm. That's know, that's okay. You know, if she'd also gotten up after that, then I'd be like, he recognized that she was just playing them. Yeah. <laughs> that was How actors. Fall that? <laughs> that would be really great. Uh, I don't know. Don't you don't have to feel pressured to answer that question, Emily. If you don't have an answer for it, that's I don't okay. Don't have an answer for your own, I <laughs> that's, that's totally fine. Well, let, hey y'all, we want to make sure that we thank Chris Manachenko for his great play uh, Eden Revisited. Thank you very much, Chris. And of course, we want to make sure we thank Lauren Watkins and Zodiac Productions. Thank you, Lauren, for the technician. Make sure that you hit... Oh, wait, before you hit that subscribe button, we'll go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Now listen to this. Emily, you have something to promote. This show uh, will drop on April 23rd. You have a show right around then, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, this coming Wednesday, the 25th, at the Hennage Auditorium within Colonial Williamsburg at 4.30, I will be in a two-woman show entitled Till Death Do Us Part. Um, it is about women uh, who are widowed in the 18th century. It follows the lives of two women um, dealing with what that means to them. That's great. And uh, I have uh, worked with Emily for a long time, and I know that all of her shows have been met with much acclaim, so I highly encourage you to go and check it out. Here's your 20 bucks. Thanks. Crumble, <laughs> <laughs> crumble, crumble, crumble. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you hit it already, don't hit it again so that you unsubscribe, but make sure that you're still subscribed after this. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Bye, everybody. Yay! <laughs>